Cool. Okay, so uh, we can start with, uh, I can introduce uh, Mikko Honkanen here. You are the co-founder of Vainu. And uh, today's topic obviously is um, discussing about how the sort of standard industry classifications, ICP, and when we talk about specific industries like SaaS, well, you can't find those in, in standard industry classifications. So what do you do? How do you do efficient sales and marketing? Uh, but that's the thing we want to answer today. But Miko, we could kick off with, uh, with a more general question here. Like uh, when we talk about ideal customer profile or ICP, how would you describe what an ICP is and, and why does it matter? Yes, yeah, hi everyone. Um, ICP, I think at least everyone who's, who's working in sales ops or revenue ops, they most likely know the term uh, ideal customer profile. And I feel also salespeople and team leads and customer success professionals, they talk about ICP these days. For me, um, it's in a way, it's defining uh, what type of customers we want to attract, what type of customers we want to do business with. And typically, um, obviously, you have certain criteria. Uh, the most traditional ones are uh, filmographic data points, location of the company, the industry they're in, uh, the company size, maybe sometimes the technology stack that they have, and so on. So you have plenty of criteria that you use, but the goal is to define what type of customers you want to do business with. And uh, I guess the underlying reason is that when you do the, when you analyze uh, your own performance, you typically see better financial outcomes with, with the companies that are part of the ICP, uh, ICP segment compared to the ones that are sort of outside the ICP segment. That's, that's how I, I see it. Well, this sounds like a very like powerful, impactful concept. Um, you've dealt with thousands, maybe tens of thousands of companies uh, in your career. Um, do you see that, uh, that that a lot of companies are applying the sort of concept of ICP to their own sales and marketing activities, or or like is it more like it's it's talked about but it's not really used in practice? I think, especially like for example, SaaS companies. I would imagine almost all of them they they talk about it and they also are implementing it. It's definitely one of those. Um, sort of industry sales buzzwords, just like playbook um, used to be one of them, uh, buyer persona used to be one of them. Now everybody is talking about ICP. Um, I think software companies, SaaS businesses, they're implementing it, using it. Then if we look at more traditional companies, maybe maybe it's quite a new concept for them still. But uh, I mean, there's obviously some companies are doing an excellent job with that. They have an ICP and people actually follow it. And um, people don't sell uh, to companies that are outside that ICP. But also we have lots of examples where there is an ICP definition, but you still can sell to basically anyone. So then the question is, is that really having an impact, that ICP definition, if people are not following it? But I think, uh, and even if we think of Vainu, uh, in, the, in the early days, we, we sold to lots of different types of companies, any B2B business was sort of fine to be as a customer. But when we looked at uh, net retention numbers and how successful our customers are, we started to see that it's clearly those B2B companies that are using HubSpot, Pipedrive, Salesforce, 
those are the ones that are most successful with our services and simply by focusing on that segment it's so good for the business for growth and retention figures and also more fun uh, for the product team because when they know that okay this is the audience we're serving and these are the companies we're building software uh, for so i think it's it's highly useful and especially SaaS businesses are using it a lot so we talked a lot about that or you talked a lot about the sales uh, approach so so sales understands icp or or sometimes they don't but what about then the rest of the organization if we talk about marketing and sales working together have you seen like for us at Vino, it's it's pretty obvious we follow the same icp mm-hmm. do you feel that it's the it's done in other companies and if not how should they go about improving that situation i think there needs to be an ownership i think it's quite easy if if you have sales ops or revenue ops uh, team in place because they're working with marketing they're working with sales they work with customer success and best case they also work with product managers so then everybody is aligned uh, around that um, idea customer profile but of course if you don't have sales ops if you don't have a clear ownership i mean then sales might have one uh, icp that they feel that there's good momentum with this type of customers and those are the ones they're selling to and then maybe customer success is feeling that well it's actually slightly different when they look at their best performing segments and then marketing can do complete something completely different so but i think it's, it it starts from alignment and defining the ownership another aspect is also that um you need to have sort of the data available so that you can create that icp it should be visible in your crm in your marketing automation the moment when you get a new lead or the moment when you prospect a new company you should know right away if it's part of the icp or not like otherwise if you need to do lots of research and start thinking is this an icp company or not people won't follow it but it comes down to actually having that information at your fingertips whenever you do sales marketing or uh, work with customers exactly um i i think that because we use hubspot as the as our crm and marketing automation so here's an example marketing and sales we use the same filters when we create lists of companies basically so that pretty much aligns us because we use the same data same filters so the actions we do uh, are always directed at the same um, audience mm-hmm. yeah and i think i mean almost always uh, in icp definition i think the most uh, commonly used criteria are company size very often you have like an enterprise team or maybe you have an enterprise offering and then the number of employees plays a huge role sometimes you have a regional business i don't know maybe recruitment services maybe those are both locally so then the actually the location and uh, where the hq is located is super important and then the third one is industry of course industry vertical and i mean that's one of the topics today that if you use standard industry codes but you want to target e-commerce or saas or um, artificial intelligence businesses i mean you, you don't find them from standard industry codes so that's why i think all these data vendors like like why we need to do a good job so that we can actually serve and provide that icp for 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 customers and and, and users that's that seems to be one clear pro- problem when when searching for the ic icp accounts uh are there any other um like common problems that companies experience when they when they are like building the list searching for their icp accounts 
I think number one is is definitely the industrial vertical. If you if you have a specific industrial vertical you want to go after, and um, I would imagine we have lots of SaaS SaaS people uh, in the audience, and quite often SaaS companies are targeting other SaaS companies. And I think the reason is that SaaS companies are in general uh, early adapters, so they they know how to implement technology, they know how to get value out of out of technology. So then like finding SaaS businesses, finding specific type of SaaS businesses, that's it's tough unless you have uh, the data. Then also um, understanding um, buying centers sometimes might be difficult uh, when, when defining the ICP, who's actually making the decision, is the decision made in the HQ uh, location or uh, in other countries where, where the companies are operating, like where is the actual decision uh, being, being made. But then you also have, um, Sometimes it's not about the company, um, uh, like firmographic data. It's about the, the the journey of the company or the stage of the journey they're in. Maybe you have a service that typically is needed right after the funding round, or right after you have opened up a new international location, or maybe it's when when the company is going through an acquisition process. That's when it's needed. So. You need to analyze your own products, own service offering, and then try to see like what 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 is the real ICP for you. Also, a good starting point is to look at the best performing customers. Like, is there lots of similarities between those customers that are actually getting the value of your service and and most likely also growing in value? So, existing customers are a good starting point, of course. So you want to so you want to use the sort of Firmographic data, the, let's say the static data, um, and then it was interesting. You mentioned about the sort of dynamic data, the changes that are happening um, within the ICP account. So, you know, um, if a company is recruiting heavily, uh, are they and they don't have an applicant tracking system? Would that be a, a moment when you should uh, reach out to them, or let's say you're you find that companies that have recently done mergers are mm -hmm. excellent because there's a lot of things that need to be solved after mergers. So that's when it's a good time to make your outreach. Um, I have a great example. I mean, for example, at Vino, we have um, these days highly successful uh, SDR team. So a team of, of people and, and, uh, and they, of course, they line up meetings for account executives. The number one, and the best performing sort of trigger event for them is that our ICP is B2B uh, companies that are data-driven and they use Salesforce, HubSpot, or Pipedrive. So we, we have this uh, uh, automated workflow that every time when we detect a new, for example, SaaS company that is using HubSpot, we automatically create a task in HubSpot for the SDR to reach out. And then we can, of course, autofill also sort of the approach, the messaging that, hey, with this, with this account, with this prospect, this is most likely uh, the most powerful approach you can have. And then as an SDR, you walk into the office, you open up your uh, task view in HubSpot, and you have, let's say, 10, 15 uh, opportunities at the beginning of the day. We've seen extremely good hit rate with those, and that's why the best SDRs, think about it, more than 130 booked meetings a month more than 130 so that's i mean it's 20 business days and um, i mean we do 
international business and uh, and uh, when they reach out and they reach out by uh, phone when when they get those tasks like hitting numbers that are north of 100 i think it's extremely good and of course aes and i guess everybody in the company likes it a lot because that's good for pipeline development that's sort of one trigger even though it's not that something happened maybe somebody implemented hubspot or maybe they implemented salesforce but they seem to be open there seems to be a window of opportunity that opens up and um, important that you try to figure out what's that window of opportunity uh, for your own own business i can imagine uh with a very successful sbr team uh a very good sort of indicator or goal or sort of starting point is that the sdrs are fed with new prospects all the time so mm-hmm. how does that happen how do you ma- how do you make sure that the sdrs are like this this stuff under a plate all the time yeah but if you have the icp definition done then i mean today you can automate the prospecting when i started in sales um, i mean it, prospecting was something that you did late in the in the evenings um, early in the morning during lunch hour and you always sort of had that pressure that i need to find more because i have my activity quota that i need to hit but if you have defined your ICP, then you can use any of these vendors like Vino or any other provider that has, has the data and then just create uh, a workflow. But every time when the vendor is detecting a new company that meets the criteria, send it to me, create a task or notify me in my CRM. Then you have technically and in practice automated prospecting. And then, of course, you can, you can look at the results and keep fine-tuning what type of uh, notifications, what type of companies you want to um, get uh, sent to you. But you can automate that prospecting piece, which is nice because then you can focus on those things that actually create value in the sales process. Having good discovery calls, having uh, demos where you sort of tailor the demo for the, for the uh, context of the uh, customer. So let's say that that you want to implement this type of process but uh, and uh, today's topic of course is that uh, how to find these SaaS companies so mm-hmm. uh, let's say that, that you're relying on on the traditional uh, standard industry uh, codes what's the sort of problem with when we think about these standard industry codes and 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 SaaS companies what's the what's the issue with specifically like SaaS companies yeah yeah i mean it's no secret we have, we're building an offering um, for SaaS businesses. So that's why I've been speaking with lots of SaaS companies uh, lately. And um, yeah, it's surprising that how often they want to find other SaaS companies. So SaaS is, it's not part of standard industry classification. We all know that. In the Nordics, those uh, classification systems were introduced 2007, 2008. And I think in other parts of the world, they're also 10, 15 years old. There's actually a project going on, at least in the European Union at the moment, that there will be a new taxonomy, new standard industry code taxonomy um, being introduced. I think it will be in action 2025. Uh, but the issue is that companies, when they register the business, they have to pick one uh, industry. And uh, what if you're, let's say, recruiting SaaS, you're building application tracking system. Do you pick software or do you pick recruiting? Or if it's a full suite, uh, HR system, do you pick employee benefits? Do you pick human resources? And you often just pick one. So then, and those are quite high level uh, industry codes. So then 
your company is either software or human resources or recruiting. But you don't have a combination of them. And that's why we introduced Vino Custom Industry, because you can just go in and pick SaaS companies. And if you want to find recruiting SaaS businesses, then you add recruiting and you can continue. I mean, we have more than 900 uh, uh, industry verticals in our taxonomy and it covers these modern industries. Another one um, that people often want to find e-commerce companies. And again, like it's, it's not one of the industry codes. There's retail, there's plenty of others, but people want to, they say that, hey, we have developed this technology and we want to target uh, e-commerce companies, maybe retail e-commerce businesses with lots of traffic on the site and so on. So that's why I think we need to do a good job as data vendors so that customers can actually create those ICP profiles that make sense and also have them in their marketing automation and, and CRM. But yeah, I think standard industry codes, you pick just one, they're quite high level and you cannot have and use combinations. I think those are the main downsides of um, standard industry codes. Okay. Um, when we think about the, a company has like, they operate in like seven industries. So how do you know, like, how do you know the, the sort of weight of each industry? So, so what are they like actually focusing on most of the time and what's sort of like a, only a part of what they do? Yeah, good, good question. Um, so companies, I mean, if you take HubSpot, for example, they have service hub, they have marketing hub, sales hub, operations hub, it's also a SaaS business. They, I mean, they work with marketing people. They work with salespeople. So there are lots of labels uh, you can assign to a company like HubSpot Sales, Marketing, Marketing Automation, Lead Gen, Sales Automation, CRM, Marketing Automation, and and they all make make sense. But we came up with the with the concept of confidence score, and the idea of confidence score is that it's showing the strength of the prediction. Because our industry labeling is based on our own AI model. So we have more than a million companies in our training data set that we have labeled. What, what are the correct industry labels for those companies? And then the model is using website content, mainly website content as input data. And then we label those companies based on that. So it's basically analyzing all 900 labels. Let's take HubSpot.com. We analyze, is sales a correct tag or correct label to be attached to HubSpot.com? And then same thing for marketing, marketing automation, sales automation. And we always include confidence score. It basically indicates how confident we are in that prediction. And that creates super nice uh, opportunities. So when I go to uh, Vinus Global Database, will be released soon. So if I pick... SaaS companies, I get 174,000 SaaS companies. But then somebody might argue that Google, which is one of the results, Google, I mean, yes, they have SaaS side of the business as well, but some people would maybe say that it's not as pure SaaS business, so it shouldn't be on the list. But then you can just increase or decrease that confidence threshold. So if you want to receive less companies, but even more obvious SaaS businesses, you can just increase that confidence threshold, meaning that you get less companies. You don't get 174,000 SaaS companies. Maybe you only get 80,000 SaaS companies, but overall quality is higher because based on what they have on the site, 
it's more obvious that it's a SaaS business. And same approach can be applied to anything. So now um, we have lots of um, customers. They are creating really, really powerful and creative ICPs. It might be that, well, it has to be SaaS, like really strongly pure SaaS business. And then there needs to be something regarding human resources, employee benefits, and recruitment. So then you can do that type of searches and, and um, you can basically decide how many companies you want to have, because if you need more, just decrease the confidence slider. If you need less, but a better quality, increase it. I think it's super powerful because then marketing people can decide how many they want to have in their ad campaigns and SDRs. They know how many they need per day. You can just basically pick and choose and, and we provide the best ones. And if you need more, we have more and we can give them to you. Quality just goes down a little bit based on the model. I don't know if that was explained in a way that it was easy to understand, but as you can see, I'm excited about the, the model, but that's, that's really how, how it works. Okay, okay. Well, I would like to like dig deeper into this, uh, deeper into this subject. Like, let's say that you're targeting uh, SaaS companies who also, also operate in healthcare, and then you get like X amount of companies as a, as a result. So let's say that you get, let's say this, you get 500 companies, uh, but then you say that this is not enough. I want more. Um, so what do you do at that point? Like if, if you feel like I, I want, I want a thousand companies. So what would you do? Because uh, mm -hmm. there must be over 500. Yep. So then you can do a couple of things. First of all, if you need more, you can either decrease that confidence score threshold for one of the labels. If you do it for healthcare, the companies will be as SaaS as they used to be, but then the healthcare confidence is a little bit lower and the results will go up. Or you can do the same and decrease the confidence threshold for SaaS label, and then companies will be as much healthcare as they were in the initial list, but then um, they're not as SaaSy as, as they used to be in the first list. Then also another or third option would be to add other healthcare related labels you could add, add medical device for example e-health we have lots of these like modern uh, labels within healthcare and within basically all the other industries as well so and then in real time you can you can look at the results and how many how many you have also if you know that this is a good example this is a perfect customer for us but you're not able and capable of defining the icp you can go in and look at the company profile what type of industry labels they have. And then you might come up with that, hey, this is actually a good way to uh, profile this company. What, what if I use that industry label as, as my ICP criteria? So, so let's say a person doesn't have access to this type of technology right now. So how do, how do like sales and marketing people typically try to find these sort of specific granular industries like, like SaaS? Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, obviously, software is one of the standard industry uh, standard industries that you find in those classification systems. And if you use HubSpot, there's HubSpot Insights engine. It's automatically labeling companies when you create a new company in HubSpot, and software is one of them. So maybe you start with that, and then, I mean, one by one, when you approach these companies, you might have your own manual labeling system, and, and you check the box if it's us or or not. Um, also, people, I mean, they tend to go to Google and uh, they do a Google search SaaS companies in Sweden, for example. 
the reason why I know that it's happening a lot. Uh, when we created that free list of 1,000 Nordic SaaS businesses, so we just said that we have an Excel file that includes 250 SaaS companies from Finland and same from Sweden, Norway and Denmark. We got hundreds of uh, downloads right away. Lots of technology companies, SDRs, AEs, private equity uh, people, VC people. So they also use these lists at the moment uh, because it's not really available in, in, in the systems at the moment. But they either start with SaaS uh, software and they label manually or they Google and try to find lists. I think those are the two most common approaches. Somebody might also do like a website keyword search that all software companies that mention free trial or demo request. I mean, it's a fairly good uh, indication that there's some sort of SaaS recurring business element uh, in the business. Okay. Uh, I'm wondering, you, you talk a lot about Googling these SaaS companies. Uh, I, I heard that you recently did a, did a Google search that ended up becoming a, a study. What was that all about? Yeah. So, I mean, you can try it out yourself if you Google number of SaaS companies in the world. At least for me, uh, the answer that pops up the most is 25,000 companies. So you Google how many comp SaaS companies are there in the world, then you get the, the answer, 25,000 companies in the world. So then, of course, what I did, I went into our global database, did exactly the same search. Whole global database, more than 60 million companies in there and industry label SaaS. And I got 174,000 companies. So that's seven times more than what Google suggested. So then I felt that, okay, we actually need to do a little bit of uh, research, of course, not manually, but just by looking at the data points. So we started doing a SaaS study and um, we'll, we'll put it out, uh, I guess, later today. So we analyzed, first, we actually increased confidence threshold so that we were left with roughly 70,000 SaaS companies. Then we used other industry labels so that we started focusing on 30 specific sub-segments, recruitment SaaS, uh, accounting SaaS, payroll SaaS, analytics SaaS, data integration, data visualization SaaS, just to understand like what are the crowded segments. And uh, when you have those segments uh, ready, then you can of course also analyze like other companies in that segment are they large? Like how many of them are micro companies with less than 10 employees? How many of them are US-based versus EMEA? Uh, how many of them are actually getting like serious traffic? So we looked at the percentage of companies in each segment that are within top uh, 1 million websites worldwide based on traffic. I mean, there's lots of in super interesting findings. And, and I mean, we just put that all those findings and all those industry one pages into a slide deck. And uh, it's ungated, so you can just go in and check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's live yet, but we'll post it, I guess, on, on LinkedIn later today. But yeah, lots of inside, interesting findings, and it can be done within hours, right? So we didn't have a huge research team doing it. We just went online and started doing search. We broke down the numbers, visualized them in, in QuickSight, and, and copy-pasted the, the, the graphs into a slide deck and super powerful. We, for example, know that recruiting SaaS, so companies building application tracking systems, 
Uh, I think it was 3,000 companies in that space only. I mean, it's crowded space. Uh, retail SaaS, that's 5,000 companies. Then not tons of uh, sports SaaS companies, uh, surprisingly many focusing on events and so on. Uh, what else? Web traffic was interesting. I think there are more than 1.7 billion websites these days worldwide. And um, if we look at SaaS companies, I mean, they, many of them are within that top 1 million uh, range. So there's lots of SaaS companies getting lots of traffic. I guess they do good content marketing and, and people in general spend more in, in technology, but that's a huge opportunity. And I mean, all these insights and uh, findings are available in that study. Excellent. And just to be clear, maybe a small teaser as well. How did you do this study? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a pretty clear teaser, I guess. Uh, we're releasing a new new product because one has historically been focused on the Nordics. Now we have a global database and uh, more than 60 million companies. So that's what we used. And uh, all these industry labels and these uh, filters are available. So that's how we did it. We used Vino Global Database and did all the analysis. We have this web traffic and industry labels, employee counts, location. We even track very specific things like certain keywords on the website, how many of them are providing free trials, how many of them are having pricing page online. We also looked at actually uh, the most common uh, technologies these companies use. I think that there was a couple of SaaS segments where HubSpot has a market share of more than 30%. So more than every third company is using HubSpot in certain segments. But you can also find segments where only one out of 10 is using HubSpot. I think Salesforce had one segment where 20% uh, of the businesses are using Salesforce, but you also have quite a few where it's less than 10. We analyzed Hotyard, uh, Intercom, Active Campaign, MailChimp, and so on. But I mean, you could pick any, any technology and do similar analysis in, in, in the database. But we haven't really uh, announced it yet. So it will be early September when we actually uh, release the product. But yes, it's a teaser. That's what we used for the research. So thank you, everyone, for joining. That's good. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. And thanks, Amir, for organizing. Cheers. Thank you.